Welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, um, today I got a great a couple of topics to talk about, and I think this is going to be helpful for a lot of people, um, just to kind of give you guys a backdrop to one of the reasons why um, I'm showing this video and, and tackling these topics tonight is because this video was shared um with me and, and my family uh by my oldest sister Tanea Parker um my super beautiful talented um amazing sister um she shared the post on Facebook as well as with uh, my family's group chat and uh she wanted to know what we thought just like she wanted to know what social media thought. And so I think that this video represents um, a lot of questions and issues that a lot of people have with the church and their idea of Christianity. And so what I wanted to do tonight is I wanted to play this video and go step by step dealing with a lot of the points that this young lady is making in the video but approach it from a from a biblical perspective and um so that's my goal tonight my goal isn't to bash anyone my goal isn't to condemn anyone my goal isn't to uh look down on anyone um at the end of the day we are all made in god's image and my goal tonight is that christ would be glorified and that people have an understanding of the true nature in mind of God and, and his intentions. Uh, so tonight, um, I don't want to prolong the time. I'm going to hop right into it. So tonight, we're going to be answering a couple of questions tonight. Um, the first question we're going to be answering, what would be the point of God or a perfect being creating imperfection or evil? Did God create imperfection? The next question we're going to tackle tonight is, why did God create angels and humans if he knew that they would rebel against him? That's a really good question. Good question. And then, why is it okay for God to be jealous while telling us not to be? I think that's a good question as well. Um, also, does God need us? So we're going to tackle all of these questions. Please share with someone. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you share with someone as well. Make sure you subscribe. Um, I think this is going to be really good and really helpful for a lot of people. And so tonight, I want to just take time to walk through these thoughts. And, and, and before I hop into the video, one of the things I want to make clear uh, for me, what is very important is when I am, um, I have a lot of friends and not all of my friends are Christians. Uh, some of my friends are, uh, have different faiths and different backgrounds and beliefs than I do. Um, and one of the things that I always try to do um, in respect to the people that I'm, that I'm dealing with um, is I never try to, I, I always want to make sure that I have an understanding of what other people believe 
um, and not misrepresent what people believe. Um, you don't have to believe what I believe. I don't have to believe what you believe, but I think a big part of us respecting um, each other's beliefs is um, not misrepresenting or, or taking out of context what someone actually believes. And so for me tonight, what I want to do is I want to play this video and um, I'm going to play it all the way through and then I'm going to play it again and I'm going to stop it and address the points as we go. So please share with somebody tonight. It's going to be very, very good. And I believe it's going to help a lot of people tonight. So let's go. Listen, as a former Christian and a pastor's daughter turned spiritual consultant and religious deconstruction advocate, I am not here to challenge the beliefs of anybody. I'm simply here to tell y'all why this doesn't make sense to me. I could never understand how we spent so much time in church Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, service after service, dissecting and condemning our egos while completely ignoring God's. Hear me out. God is supposed to be a perfect being. What would be the point in a perfect being creating imperfection? Because a perfect being is not going to create imperfection on accident. Otherwise, they are not perfect, meaning they had to create as a perfect being imperfection on purpose. And some of the scholars I've had this conversation with have said maybe God wanted to study imperfection. What does God need to study imperfection for if he's perfect and all-knowing? If you were all-knowing, you would know what imperfection is without ever having to create it. You wouldn't even need to experience it, which leads us down the same pathway of how did he create a whole bunch of angels? and not know that they were going to rebel against him in his own house he did and then he continued to create them anyways waited until they rebelled cast his enemy down into the same place he was going to put his new creation did he want us to have a fighting chance or not and if that wasn't bad enough then he commanded and demanded that creation be subservient to him you're all powerful <laughs> what do you need me to do for you I'm giving you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor, all the worship to make you feel good because you have an ego. You're around here telling people don't be envious of one another, but I'm a jealous God. Sir, <laughs> why would you even give consciousness the possibility of being able to conjure up somebody else to worship if you ain't want no opposition? You created your own opponents in your map. No, 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 no. All right, so that was the video. So what I want to do, I want to tackle, we're going to start it over. Um, and I know a lot of times when a lot of people see see these type of videos, they just want to comment and be like, man, oh, she did wrong. And and we start pointing the finger at people talking about how, how off they are and how wrong they are. Listen, she's, she's wrong as two left shoes, but I don't hate her. I have no hate in my heart towards her, but let's deal with it tonight. Let's deal with it. Let's play it. And Listen, we're as a former Christian and the pastor's daughter turned spiritual consultant and religious deconstruction advocate, I am not here to challenge the beliefs of anybody. I'm simply here to tell y'all why this doesn't make sense to me. I could never understand how we spent so much time in church Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, service after service, dissecting and condemning our egos while completely ignoring God's. Hear me out. God is supposed to be a perfect being. What would be the point in a perfect being creating imperfection? Because a perfect being is not going to create imperfection on accident. Otherwise, they are not perfect, meaning they had to create as a perfect being imperfection on purpose. And some of the. All right. So did God. So the question is, first question. What would be the point? She said, what would be the point of a perfect being creating imperfection? 
That was her question. But my question is, did God create imperfection? See, a lot of times in, in our questioning and people's questioning, they're not just questioning, but they're assuming an answer as they're questioning. The question is, did God even create imperfection? And a lot of times when, when um, people talk about God created evil and God created imperfection, one of the scriptures that people use is Proverbs 16 and chapter four, uh, chapter 16, verse four through six. And I'm going to read it for you guys. If you're listening, you can go to it or, you know, just take notes. If you're taking notes in Proverbs chapter 16, verse four through six. And I'm going to be saying this a lot as I as I tackle each point. Context is key. A lot of people say context is king. It's the same phrase. Context is king. Context is key. And so Proverbs chapter 16, verse four through six says, the Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Now, here's the part where people usually say, see, God made people, God made evil. God created evil. They take the first sentence in verse four and says, the Lord has made everything for his purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Like, uh-oh. Is this saying that God made or created evil? Let's continue reading. It says, everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. So it's given us context. Be assured he will not go unpunished by steadfast love and faithfulness. Iniquity is atoned for. It's prophesying about Jesus already. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. So we see as we continue reading, we see God's intent is for us to turn away from evil. So how do we reconcile that the end scripture, the last scripture with the beginning? The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. I'm glad you asked. If we look at Genesis Chapter one, verse 31. And the reason why I'm starting with verse 31 is because I don't want to post the whole chapter. Um, but I want to give you guys context. In Genesis chapter one, we see God in creation. He's he's creating the heavens and the earth. He's creating um, the waters. He's he's creating light and sun and animals. And in here, he in verse 26, he says, let us make man in our likeness and image. And out of, out of all the things that God is creating in Genesis chapter one, at the end of Genesis chapter one, which is the scripture right here on your screen, it says, and God saw everything that he made and behold, it was very good. It didn't just, it didn't say, it didn't just say that it was good. It says, and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day and so it here's the framework everything that god made was good it wasn't until adam sinned that things got thrown off in other words post adam hear me good post adam everyone 
who is born is born a sinner. Everyone is born evil. This is why the disciple. This is why Jesus told um, the disciples, "If if you being if you being evil, know how to give good gifts, how much more our heavenly Father in heaven." And so, there is a difference. God doesn't make men evil. God makes evil men. I'm gonna say that again. God doesn't make men evil he makes evil men because everyone who was created and born after adam was born in iniquity they were born sinners you were born a sinner i was born a sinner this is why we need a savior so what am i saying so every time god creates someone he makes he makes we're evil that's why we need jesus this is why the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so when we read Proverbs chapter 16 and we read the Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble, we have to put that in context with how God created first created creation. Everything he made was good. And it wasn't until sin entered the world through man's choice. And now we have the predicaments that we have today. Also, answering, we're still answering the question, did God create imperfection? Did God create evil? When we look at Psalms 5 and 4, this is what the scriptures say. I got scriptures to back up what I'm saying. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. Come on, y'all. Psalms 92 and 15. To declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. And there is no unrighteousness in him. And so, no, God did not create imperfection. God did not create evil. James chapter 1. Verse 12 through 15, it says, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. And he himself tempts no one. But each person, here it is, tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. The desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Let's continue. Scholars I've had this conversation with have said maybe God wanted to study imperfection. <laughs> need to study imperfection for if he's perfect and all-knowing if you were all-knowing you would know what imperfection is without ever having to create it you wouldn't even need to experience it which leads us down the same pathway of how did he create a whole bunch of angels and not know that they were going to rebel against him in his own house he did and then he continued to create them anyways waited until they rebelled cast his enemy down into the same place he was going to put his new creation did he want 
us to have a fighting chance or not. And if that wasn't bad enough, then he commanded and demanded that creation be subservient to him. You're all powerful. <laughs> what do you need me to do for you? All right. So next question. To her point. Why did God create angels and humans if he knew they would rebel against him? Good question. Listen, this this is so important. This is pro this is probably the most important part of this video. This is probably the most important part of this live this 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 episode. Why did God create angels and humans if he knew that they would rebel against him? The answer is simple. God is love. God is love. When you think about love, and hear me good, one of the prerequisites to love is choice. God didn't make us robots. He created us out of his nature. And because he is love, he desires our affection. He desires our worship. He desires a relationship with us. This is why when Adam sinned, that sin severed the relationship between God and man. This is why Jesus came to die for our sins to reconcile us back to God. I hope y'all following this. God is love. What, what makes me and my wife's relationship so beautiful or marriage or a committed relationship so beautiful is because you choose someone over all the other choices. That is one of the things that truly makes love valuable. It's because it's not forced. It's a choice. And so because God is love, he gives us free will. He gave us the choice to either choose him or choose our way. And so when we look at the scriptures in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 10 it says beloved let us love one another for love is from god and whoever loves has been born of god and knows god anyone who does not love does not know god because god is love in this the love of god was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the payment for our sins. Man, that is love, y'all. If that ain't love, I don't know what love is. See, the problem, the problem with these type of videos is they highlight, they focus on 
the other attributes of God while leaving out love. And everything that God does for humanity is out of love. And so even when we look at the famous scripture that all of us knows, John 3, 16 through verse 17, I could continue reading, but it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, see, there it is, whosoever believes in him. See, that's choice. He's not forcing us. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus did it for us. God, he didn't have to. <laughs> but he did it. God had you in mind. God had me in mind. All of our mess, all of our filth, all of our arrogance, he had all of that in mind. And though he was innocent, he took it on the cross on our behalf. If that's not love, I don't know what love is. Yet while we were in sin, come on somebody, Christ died for us. And so, She's asking the question, why does God need our worship? Does God need us? I'm going to continue playing. I'm giving you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor, all the worship to make you feel good because you have an ego. You're around here telling people don't be envious of one another, but I'm a jealous God. Sir! <laughs> Why would you even give consciousness the possibility of being able to conjure up somebody else to worship? So I'm going to stop it right there because um, I'm getting a little far ahead. She says this. Um, so I, I, I want to tackle this point that she made. She says, God, need. why would God need us? So the question is, because she's assuming again, she's asking a question while also assuming an answer. Why would God need us? The question should be, does God need us? Does God need us? When we look at, and I hope y'all writing these scriptures down for later, because I'm not posting the whole scripture, but Acts chapter 17, verse 24 through 27. And this is why it's important. This is why the Bible says study to show yourself approved. Study to show yourself approved. Because listen, people will come on social media and just because someone sounds confident and has great charisma about what they're talking about does not mean they're right. It does not mean that they know what they're talking about. A lot of people, social media is full of people speaking on things that they are not qualified to speak on. I'm going to say that again. Social media is full of people speaking on things that they are not qualified to speak on. And, and, and I, I got to use this example. Many of us are educated. We go to school to become nurses, to become doctors, to become electricians, to become uh, 
uh, psychiatrists and counselors. We go to school and we put in time educating ourselves on stuff, right? But when it comes to God, we think that we're going to learn everything we need to know about God through TikTok <laughs> or YouTube. That makes no sense. You meaning to tell me that you will go to school for four years, eight years, six years, five, however many long years, go to school to learn on a particular field and put in time to learn that. But when it comes to God, you think you're going to figure God out in a, in a two minute TikTok video or a 15 minute YouTube video. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. And so just because people sound confident in what they're saying, they could be confidently ignorant. And listen, don't be deceived. But Acts chapter 24, uh, um, chapter 17, verse 24 through 27. And again, we're answering the question, does God need us? And we're also, we're going to stick with this. We're going to answer the question, does God need us? So Acts chapter 17, verse 24 through 27 says this, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth does not live in temples made by hand, by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. Since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. Slap your neighbor and say, God doesn't need us. <laughs> neighbor. No, God does not need us. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need you, but he wants you. He wants me. We were created for his glory. We were created to know his beauty. We were created to know his love. Come on, somebody. It says, reading on, it says, he gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man, referring to Adam, every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. He determined the boundaries of your dwelling place. Why? That you, that we, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. God desires a relationship with you. He desires to love you. He desires for you to know his holiness. He desires for you to know righteousness. He desires for you to know peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. He desires for you to be whole. This is God's intention for you. And so we don't have to wonder and make these claims about the God of the Bible if we just took our time to read the Bible, to understand it. But here's what happens. Some people don't actually care what the Bible says. And, and unfortunately, what happens with people is they interpret the scriptures through their hurt, 
and their experiences. Um, maybe you've experienced church hurt. Maybe you've been emotionally or, or physically abused in church. And that is not right. That is not right. That is not reflective of the God of scripture. That is not reflective of who he is. You can look in the pages of the scriptures and see who he is. And so I'm going to play the, this video out and we're going to finish. I'm actually almost done. The next question is, why is it okay for God to be jealous while telling us not to be? And this is how she If you ain't it. want no opposition, you create to conjure up somebody else to worship if you ain't want no opposition you created your own opponents in your map no 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 so why would why is it okay for god to be jealous while telling us not to be that's simple god can be jealous while telling us not to be jealous because he's god He's God. <laughs> we were created to glorify him. The Bible, the Bible says, and there's no way around this. Um, God can do as he pleases. We are not him. It said in, in, in Colossians chapter one, verse 16 through 17 says this, for by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and visible, in, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. Who am I to turn to the creator who created me for his purpose and tell him that he's doing this thing wrong. We were created for him. And so I, I'll say this. I, I really, I love, I really love these type of dialogues um, because you get to hear what people really are thinking and I want y'all to think about this. I want y'all to think about this. Just hear me good. Her in, her indictment is on God having an ego. But she has no problem with her own ego. When people, when people have an issue with God having an ego, it's usually because they want to play or be God. And this is why this young lady is a witch and I'm not calling her a witch to as, as a derogatory term, but she's literally, she's literally a witch. When you go on her page and all of that stuff, she's into psychic readings and all of that stuff, casting spells, all of that stuff. She's literally a witch. Most people hear me good. Most people get into witchcraft because it gives them a sense of control, security and power. And so this is why we see people push back against God. It, it, essentially, they're judging God 
who am I to judge God? Who, who do I think I am? And so, you know what else is also amazing? It's also amazing how God gives people the very breath they use to speak against him as she is doing. If that's not mercy, I don't know what mercy is. If that's not love, I don't know what love is. The very breath that we use to blaspheme him, the very breath that we use to, to, to sin against him, like it's the breath that he gives us. And this is why the scripture says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Like, I don't know this young lady. I'm not condemning her. The scriptures actually tells us um, not to judge those on the outside, um, but to judge those within. This is one of the reasons why <clears throat> I, I've gone really hard in the past against false teachers and false prophets and stuff, because these jokers are named in the name of the Lord. Um, and, and, and we should mark them um, who cause division amongst us and, and, and false doctrine is most definitely causes disunity um, and, and dysfunction in the body of Christ. But as as a, as a, in regards to this young lady, um, what I would encourage all of us, if you name the name of the Lord, pray for her. Don't dog her out. Don't 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 talk bad about her. Talk bad about her doctrine, but don't talk bad about her. Like love her, pray for her. Um, just like you would want us to pray for your family members and people um, who, who, who may not know the Lord um, that you know and are hoping come to the knowledge of the truth. And listen, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much we know. If we don't understand God's nature um, and understand that he is love, all of the theology and things that we have are just clanging cymbals and loud noise. Like, I really want people to have an encounter with Jesus. Um, he is yet alive. He's still, he's alive and well. And I'm a firm believer that when people really desire truth, God is not hiding from us. This is why I read Acts chapter 17, verse 24 through 27. You know, it talks about how God put you right where you are. He puts you in the family that you, that he puts you in. He puts you in the neighborhood that you're in. He puts you in this time in, in, in history that you're in to give you the best opportunity to, to, to seek him and find him. And, and all we have to do is humble ourselves. Um, it's funny how when people uh, talk, talk like this young lady is talking, they highlight all of the supposed bad traits of God in which he has none because he is perfection. Um, but they highlight things like judgment and, and, and how they suppose it, how they suppose he set us up for failure, but they never highlight the benefits of obedience. Um, I saw somebody respond on the thread on this video and they said, listen, don't be quick to listen to people like this. Like if you can't see the fruit of what they're saying, and look at these people's lives, don't, don't follow them. Jesus said, you will know a tree by its fruit. And every person that I know um, and have encountered that's involved in, 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 in what she's talking, involved in witchcraft and things like that, is just an open door 
to 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 when you invite one spirit in he brings all of his friends and so we need not to play with this stuff and 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 i'm and if you've been dabbling in this stuff i'm warning you out of love i'm warning you jesus came to set the captives free he came to destroy the works of the devil whom the son sets free is free indeed and jesus when he was on the cross and he died for you and died for me right before he gave up the ghost he said it is finished what was he saying when he said it is finished he was saying the debt has been paid your debt has been paid my debt has been paid why in the world if somebody covers the bill for you why in the world would you walk back into the restaurant and say no thank you i'm gonna pay i'm gonna pay the tab when you don't have enough to pay for it that is what jesus did for us he covered our sin debt this is why the bible says the wages of sin is death everything that we see in the world today everything that's wrong with the world mass shootings depression suicide sickness all of these things that we see wrong in the world are the result of man taking his free will and choosing to rebel against god and so don't get it twisted the world isn't messed up because god the world is messed up because man has rejected god the bible says there is a way that seems right to a man but the end thereof is destruction. We can do bad all by ourselves. We don't need anybody to, to show us how to jack things up. We don't need anybody to show us how to murder. We don't need anyone to show us how to hate. This is why Jesus died. The Bible says that he that knew no sin, referring to Christ, he that knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Who wouldn't want a savior like this? Who wouldn't want a savior who steps into human flesh and steps into history and goes through what we're going through? Hebrews 4 verse 15 says that he, we do not have a high priest that cannot empathize with our sufferings for he endured and he was tempted as we were tempted in every manner yet without sin. So now we can come boldly before the throne of grace that we might find mercy and favor in the time of need. The Bible says, whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you called him? Do you see your need for a savior? And so at the end of the day, we need him. And again, I wanted to do this video because there is a lot of misinformation and and i'll say this just because you're ignorant about something does not mean that it is wrong i'm gonna say that again just because we're ignorant about something does not mean what we're ignorant about is wrong and i'll tell you again back to my original point and i'm gonna say this and i'm gonna be done just as i try not to misrepresent what my friends of other faiths and religions believe um 
we should expect that from other people who speak on our faith. And if what you have is the truth, you shouldn't have to twist it to mean something else. Everything that I went over today, as far as scriptures, were in context with the intent of the writer. And so I pray that this time in this video has blessed you. If you're just tuning in, I would highly encourage you to watch it from the beginning. Please share with someone as well. And I know this is going to bless someone. Share with someone who doesn't know Christ um, and be blessed. Listen, I love you guys. Um, and this has been an episode of the Path of Revelation podcast. Make sure you follow uh, the page, uh, subscribe on YouTube, go to uh, just type in Path of Revelation and subscribe to the page. Uh, I got some more things on the way. But listen, this is where the culture meets scripture. God bless you.